0: Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about growing in recession. It's a very important topic. I know how it's hard to do it, but it's possible. That's why I decided to discuss this topic with Tristan Wright. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me again.
0: Yeah, big pleasure. I remember our previous episode. So well valuable. That's why I decided to invite you one more time to get more value, to bring this value to my audience, to learn myself. Tristan, before we start, just tell more about yourself. Experience the ground about Australia and any other things that can
1: create this smile that you have uh, right now. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm try to do the condensed version. So I I run a company called Evolve to Grow, uh, play in the business coaching consulting space. But my my backstory I I studied um, I worked worked as an engineer in my my early 20s and I didn't really didn't really love that and I. Um, I came across an opportunity when i was going out on a bike ride with friends to organize some cycling clothing for them and i went and organized that cycling clothing and uh it was an absolute disaster because the shorts were see-through but i i saw a gap in the market off the back of that and thought hey there's a there's a need for good quality custom sportswear in australia um, at quality price with quality service so i in my spare time working from my kitchen table in the evening i set up a custom sportswear business and i built that into a, a um a seven figure business i had highs and lows i i was doing it in my spare time and i eventually went full time on it uh built it up and at a period of time the aussie dollar tanked and my wife left me at a very similar time so my mental health and the business uh took a took a big plunge. I was, 200 odd grand in debt. Uh, eventually, I got over myself and rebuilt that business. Um, rebuilt it back into a profitable business that didn't need me. And then I then I ended up selling the business off. And that was all by the time I was about 30. So from nice. there, um, from there, I took a bit of time off and eventually worked out that uh, hey, I want to help other business owners. So that's why, um, that's, that's why I set up a Volteco and that's where I am today. So very condensed version and we can dig into it more, but yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Love, love your story. And, uh, I want to ask the first question about this transition between working for someone else or, uh, in place where you don't like to spend time to, uh, your own business, uh, Hmm. impossible recession. It's hard and very risky, Uh, but 70% of people are unhappy with their jobs. Most of them uh, dream about having own business. Can you tell about this transition? How to make this first step? How to make the step that can bring happiness in your life?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one and so many people are too afraid to, to take that step. And a lot, it's got a lot to do with the fact that growing up as kids, we were conditioned that we had to work for someone else. And the way to be successful, the way to be safe, the way to make money, um, the way to provide your family is to have a job and to have others give you the money um, and have that consistent income. So as a child, we've been taught that's what we have to do. So we have to unteach ourselves those habits and realize that, hey, it is actually possible to provide for ourselves um whilst running our own business. And we're not doing anything wrong by that. So it, it comes down to what are we truly passionate about? What what do we really enjoy doing the most? And how can how can we use that passion um and that enjoyment to to benefit others? So and and like to start with, it's a really scary step transitioning because we haven't we haven't fed ourselves, so to speak, financially previously. So it might be tough for the first three months, six months, twelve months. But if you've got a, if you're truly passionate about what you do and you understand the value that you provide to others, it should be a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I couldn't agree more with that because I know how it's important to have this passion. Uh, I remember when I created a new project because of chasing money, I failed, you know, I wasted resources for three years, <laughs> a lot of resources, time, but you know, at that time, I hated Monday. I, I love Friday. And uh, mm-hmm. after three years, I got it. No way, uh, I quit. I never, never touch this product again. I give up. That's why I usually, <laughs> you know, I tell anyone. Uh, it's not, uh, uh, we have this quote, never give up. But you can give up if you hate it, if you uh, have, if you suffer, you know, to do something. For me, uh, mm. it's not a bad thing to change your mind, to go ahead with something else that brings happiness. And today, I think more about happiness than about earning money. If you happy, if you enjoy the process, that money will come in the end. <laughs> and Tristan, Correct. I have to, Yeah, I have the question about focusing. I see when people uh, try to cover a lot more than having resources, for example, I have many things to do, but I know Mm -hmm. when you have two hands only uh, 16 hours a day uh, because we need eight hours to sleep, (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. can you tell uh, how to choose priorities, how to find something that will bring results and ignore the rest or uh, delegate the rest of. any tips about that?
1: Yeah, le- less less is more and if we try and do 20 things in a day, we're going to do them poorly. but if we try if we do five things we're going to do them much better and we're actually going to progress a lot faster. So um, it all comes down to what what is the ultimate objective? what is the end goal? What are we wanting to achieve? Uh, and what are the things that go- are going to help us achieve them in the fastest way possible or the simplest way possible. So we double down on those things rather than have that scattergun approach and hope, hope that 20 things will achieve it, do one or two things uh, that we know will have impact and move us towards that ultimate objective. It's when we don't have that ultimate objective um, or we don't have clarity on that that we try and do too many things. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I have the question about personal life
0: and uh, business work because you know, for example, I can work at night, on Sunday, on Saturday. For me, it doesn't matter because for me, my job is hobby. I love it, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I can ignore watching TV because I can uh, keep working in my job, in my business because I love this experience. But In the end, I have family, I have wife, two kids, I need to handle them, I need to spend time with them. Uh, And I see when people complain to find the balance between family and business. So any tips how to explain to uh, someone? uh to your relatives that you need to go your business to go ahead but in the end don't forget about them and spend time with them travel with them i don't know enjoy time together any tips how to find this balance
1: <laughs> i guess at the end of the day nine times out of ten if you've chosen to have a family your business is a tool for life uh if you've cho- if you haven't chosen to have a family and you're single most of the time um, you're like you, you've chosen to live the business life. But if you've got a family, the business is there to provide for your family, um, provide for you and your family. Yes, you have to enjoy it, but there comes a time that that we're being selfish and we're spending we're spending too much time in the business and forgetting about our family, uh, where we're going back into our our former self and, and thinking, oh, I just, I can do this. I'm just going to double down and focus on this because we're chasing that adrenaline rush or we're chasing that next level of success in the business. But it's okay not to have to progress at hundred miles an hour because we, we've actually got a family. We need to be present for our children. We need to be present for our, for our partner. And if we're not present for them, we're not going to have them in a couple of years time. Yeah, nice, nice. You know,
0: I see on your background, awesome beach. You know, blue (laughs) ocean, (laughs) uh, golden. uh, You know, yeah, I I I like this view. I like this beach sand. And but you know, in most cases, we need to handle our businesses in office, not on the beach. (laughs) I love to spend time on the beach, but. Even if I need to drive like 15 minutes, it's a lot of time for me. I usually uh, do it like uh, one time a month, mm. two times a month, not a lot. So can you tell how this picture can help you, you know, uh, to handle your business, to go ahead and why you decided to put
1: this picture? Um, honestly, like, so I've had that, that picture. Uh, I, I've never been asked this question. I've had that picture more how old am i now i've had it for probably 14 14 years but for me i i love the outdoors i love uh i love the fresh air and i love the freedom and the flexibility so where where we live we've got a river and a and a walking path directly behind us so i can't be boxed in uh i can't have houses on all sides of me so uh having having something like this just reminds me that we've got the ability to to travel, we've got the ability to see the world. That we don't have to live the traditional nine to five travel into travel into the office. We don't have to um, work at the office, then come home, uh, and then then live our home life. We can, uh, since COVID days, we can effectively work from anywhere. So why why not take advantage of that? As long as you can deliver the work, what we have to do? Why do we have to run our business? Why right? do we have to work the way we did five or ten years ago? why not be flexible why not look at things a different way
0: Mm -hmm.
1: nice Uh,
0: you mentioned that your business it's about consulting other businesses how to grow and uh, according to a few studies many companies are busy uh, with their uh, common tasks regular job and uh, when they hire consultants uh they usually implement like 40% of all their recommendations for example if a company pays you 10000 dollars uh 6000 are uh, wasted so can you tell about your methods how to transfer information to a specific business especially when we have you have like uh, a few stakeholders uh, so you need to transfer data to one man uh, who can uh, share this data with others any tips how to do it right without
1: wasting some
0: recommendations
1: yeah so the way I do it like it's a it's not a, in one big hit I um in reality the human mind can only work on a project in 90-day blocks or 90-day sprints. So let's let's focus on the most important things now and then move on to the next thing. So let's find the low-hanging fruit rather than trying to achieve everything at once. Let's let's do one project, then move on to the next project, then move on to the next project. So um we don't want to go in and make wholesale changes. We want to make incremental fine-tuning changes that will give us 1 or 2% um, improvement at a time. We don't want to go and make for me, we don't want to go and make a 20% improvement to then realize that there's going to have negative impacts in other areas of the business. So I I uh so this is why I'm really really um clear on having an, an understanding of what your ultimate objective or your end goal is so we can and when you want to achieve it so we can make incremental changes. Uh, that will be deeply embedded within the business, as opposed to massive changes all at once that will fall over in six months' time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, it's interesting, for example, uh, if I create some products, I know my customers, I know my business, but uh, after getting some stagnation, uh, it's hard to uh, find what to do uh, without getting this, uh, I mean, like uh, the view from other side, can you tell how you can learn? For example, uh, if something uh, is going wrong and uh, if you don't know the product, if you don't know the business. Uh, so any tips, how you check out the business before uh, providing any
1: recommendation what to do next? Uh, good, good question. So. I'm not going to give any advice until I know uh, what's going on in the business. So I, mm-hmm. but I I personally specialize in B2B service and the marketing creative um, advertising. So lead gen, SEO, marketing companies. So a lot of the time, these businesses, their models are very, very similar. So there's only a couple of different levers that are different. So a coach or a consultant can't go and give it um go and give advice in in an area that they don't have experience in because they're just going to go and blow blow it up so Mm -hmm. because like it's why it's it's like a football player A football player can't go go and play basketball um unless they've got experience in that space so why why go and give advice uh or if you don't have experience in that area
0: Mm -hmm. yeah love it love it i agree it's the same issue when you pay attention to specific topic direction, you can get much better results. For example, when Ooh. I decided to create my SEO course, uh, I built relationships with many uh, great SEO experts and uh, I just unite all their skills, knowledge, uh, They many of them film videos for my course plus 20 experts because uh, I'm far away from many of them. Uh, Uh, someone uh, have experience with technical optimization uh, someone with uh, creating the right strategy for example Lily Ray uh, uh, created checklist of EEAT expertise experience authority trust that's why we we got this course and the main goal of this course not to earn a lot of money Uh, I created this course because uh, when I cooperate with new customers and I see uh, they have no experience uh, and knowing what SEO means, I usually tell them, take my course, (laughs) spend time, learn it, get the basics, then we can get much higher results together because without knowing basics, it's hard to go ahead. And uh, Tristan, I have the question about how to find opportunities in uh, this recession time. I don't know, it's recession time or uh, uncertain time, but anyway, uh, it's hard to find opportunities. Uh, But, you know, uh, a few podcasts uh, ago, I spoke with Alex Mellon, who grew his agency agency, uh, from uh, 400 people to 800 people uh, in 18 months. So many big companies, tech companies laid out but he grew he found the way and he told me it's very risky it's very risky it's not like a simple decision yeah it's risky but he got results can you tell mm-hmm. how to find these opportunities uh, especially in this time when we don't know customers can leave can find another way and uh, if you're talking about SEO agency digital marketing agency uh, all our businesses depend on Customers who, uh, if they
1: decrease sales, they can leave it, you know, and forget about your agency. Any
0: tips about that?
1: Yeah. So I've got, I've actually got an article that I've, I wrote uh, five years ago. It's my highest performing article on my website. It's called "More Millionaires Are Made in a Recession Than in Normal in a Normal Time." And for me, put simply, is when we come into recession or times of uncertainty, there there is going to be. Uh, let's say a lack of opportunity or there's going to prior to a recession it's easy to feed the family because because people are spending money uh but when when you've got a recession in terms of uncertainty uh there's going to be less money being spent so in reality that's going to impact both leads but it's also going to impact businesses so the businesses that aren't set up properly going to disappear they're going to fall off the cliff and they're not going to be able to service other businesses but there's going to be businesses that are set up extremely well to be able to weather the storm and they're going to actually double down and start doing more advertising start doing more marketing because they know that to maintain their revenue they need to spend money so we as a as a service provider we need to identify the industries And the businesses that have actually got a solid base and a solid foundation and work out what our value proposition is for those businesses, because we we know we're going to have less competition because our competitors are not set up as well and they're going to disappear. So it's all it's about identifying what your value proposition is that is better than anyone else, but then only targeting the businesses that have solid foundations and that have a need to do more advertising, to do marketing, or more branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, love it, love it. And can you tell your methods
0: how to reach out to such businesses? Your methods how to find customers uh, to tell? Because you know, it's it's interesting. I get a lot of similar messages uh, from your competitors. Probably your competitors. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They mm-hmm. tell me. They, they, they tell uh, I can help to grow your business to 10 million, 100 million. I don't know where they can find these numbers, that, but I get these templates every single day. And the best place where I, I lead all these messages to my spam inbox. They spend time together, you know. So any tips about personalization? Uh, because you know most businesses are busy; they have no time to analyze. And when you get this uh, vanity metrics, I can increase your business to bring a lot of leads without understanding, deep understanding. Uh, So tell your methods about finding customers and explaining that uh, you can uh, actually help them.
1: So the reason you see see this as spam is because the people that are doing outreach to you are doing generic outreach. They're doing it to Anyone and everyone, they're not doing it to a specific niche. If you got an email that was targeted directly at your niche, directly at your pain points, you would open that email, um, you would read it, and most likely respond. But because the emails that you're receiving are just generic, they're going to your spam box. So the businesses businesses that are successful are the ones that are very targeted, very niche, and that are talking directly to that business owner. So don't do the the one-size-fits-all approach. You need to double down on your niche. You need to double down on your target client and only talk to them. Identify what their pains are and what it is that they want to achieve.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned that your customers are B2B segment. Uh, Can you tell what is the main difference uh, by serving uh, B2B customers uh, uh, instead of B2C?
1: Uh, for me having a b2b business is you can make it boring simple and repetitive you can you don't have to make as many sales because in a b in the b2b space you can turn uh b2b service sector you can turn your clients into uh recurring clients where they're spending money with you monthly quarterly annually whereas with the in the b2c space typically it might be a uh you you're going to have to resell to them uh, at random at different times and you're going to have to resell a product or a different product or service each time. So B2B, I much, I much prefer playing in that space because we can make your business boring, repetitive and predictable. So we know how much money and how much profit you're going to make each month. Then once we've got that, we can then go and have the fun and do the the creative, uh, interesting stuff that will, will feed creative juices.
0: Mm-hmm. I open your LinkedIn profile. And I see a company uh, evolve to grow. And the first sentence of description of this company, calling all overworked, stressed, and burned all business owners. (laughs) Let's talk about these business owners. Uh, Sometimes I have this feeling, I can't deny it, uh, because uh, when you have many things to do, I usually... uh, try to figure out what I can, what I can't. If I can't, can I delegate or uh, I can't? If I can't, I just forget about this task. I don't need it. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't earn all money in the world. And that's okay. And uh, can you tell what elements, things can make business owners uh, stressed, overworked, and uh, burned out in the end?
1: Yeah. So often it's, business owners will get stressed because they're they're promising or they're delivering something or they're saying they're going to deliver something that they they actually don't have a clear runway on how they're going to do it and they haven't scheduled out the, the workload capacity of their team. They haven't uh created a project plan they don't know how much profit is going to be in that project so actually understanding your workload capacity within your business actually understand having having a proper project plan knowing how much profit you're going to make how much time you're going to allocate to that project will make it a big difference because you can then when you when you sell to the client, you're like, okay, cool. Our workload capacity is like this for the next three weeks. So that means it's uh we're not going to be able to actually deliver this project for, for six or seven weeks because, because of where we're at capacity-wise. So just because you know how to deliver a service or a project doesn't mean you've got the capacity or ability to do it straight away, or doesn't mean that you you're going to be able to make a profit on it. So it is business owners often will be getting stressed because they don't have visibility on how they're going to do the job and how they're going to make money off that job.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Can you share a checklist step by step what to do for business owners in ACO when they are struggling to scale their business? uh especially in this recession possible recession time uh any uh, tips where to start and uh and uh, I don't know finish <laughs> the list that you can I don't know schedule in your time
1: <laughs> yeah it, for um simply put it's it's having the quadrant urgency um and impact high urgency high impact low urgency, low impact, having that four, those four quadrants, and, and then creating a list of all of your tasks, all of the things that are in your mind, and then putting them into into the four sections of the quadrant is it? Is it high urgency, high impact? Or is it low urgency, um, high impact kind of thing? So once we've done that, we can then prioritize, what are the things that we need to work on right now? Because often, uh, we will focus on the areas of our business that are easy to, to have too easy to to do but they're not going to have the most impact so uh, as a human we're, we're often not the best at prioritizing our workload
0: mm-hmm. you know you might be bill gates once he said <laughs> in his interview about uh, priorities for example if he has product a in product b after investing x amount of money to product a and uh, to product B. If product B can sell two times more, the second time he will ignore product A and mm. will uh, double investing to X money to product B because of priorities, because it's best selling product. And uh, you mentioned many times about focus. I know it's important in marketing a lot uh, to focus on something that is important, for example, in content plan, uh, in your social media posts. Can you tell what focus means in your uh, perspective? Because, you know, I see when people don't understand how it works, uh, don't understand uh, or uh, get the broad meaning of focus, but uh, covering a lot of things and tell uh, w- what focus means for you. I mean, like uh, you usually ignore what it's not in your focus or uh, less necessary things. Any tips about that?
1: Yeah so for me focus is doing less and 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 actually spending time without distractions so choosing one or two things that you know are going to have an impact and and allowing yourself to to work on them getting rid of those distractions and trusting the process that if if we double down on this this is the right this is a thing that's going to have the greater impact
0: mm mm-hmm. Oh, you mentioned this word distraction all the time. I Mm. get this word, you know, in my smartphone without many distractions, Uh, new messages, phone calls. Uh, Can you tell how to be not I don't know, to be not destructive (laughs) by uh, (laughs) a lot of messages that you can get calls. uh, Yeah. And pay attention to important
1: things. It's, it's a tough one it's a really it really is a tough one so um, it's easy to get distracted from things um, if we don't understand the benefit of the thing that we're working on right now what that what what outcome that that project is going to provide. So if we actually understand um, and connect the outcome of the project um, with what we're actually doing, we, we it's a lot easier to not to not get distracted but if we're just doing it for the sake of it we're we're going to look around everywhere and go and do other things so before we start working on something we're like okay if i do this this is what the benefit's going to be this is why i'm doing this so um, but if we don't we we will get distracted by other things obviously um it, it that may not always work so setting is if if you don't turn off your notifications and you don't close your um email you're setting yourself up for failure to get pinged by everything so we want to remove those um those pings from coming up uh to to stop us uh to stop us going looking when we hear the sound but so we do that plus remind us that's what the benefit of this task is mm-hmm. Kristen, I have the question about mistakes.
0: You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, but I learn from them. You know, I don't know another way how to learn something. I usually start from best practices. I fail. (laughs) When I fail, I learn what I can do, how to adapt. And, uh, for example, when I learn new methods of SEO or digital marketing, I usually uh, try myself before hiring someone else, because I need to understand how it works. For example, I started mm-hmm. PR campaigns, failed uh, with all my PR campaigns. I failed everywhere uh, by learning tools, uh, by implementing. But you no, know, I got experience how to do it. I got it. Okay, I can find someone and can manage the process, control the process. Can you list common mistakes that companies still do in uh, by growing their businesses? And your tips how to find a much better way.
1: Yeah, uh, often it is the whole ego and arrogance thing, thinking uh, an individual or business thinks I know best, I'll do it my way kind of thing. So why um, why reinvent the wheel when someone else 99% of the time has already done it? Why not learn from them, uh, learn from their lessons, learn from their mistakes, go and implement it in your business and then teach someone else. Within your business to do it, so uh, don't go out and do it yourself because that's it's going to take you two, three years to become a subject matter expert in something. But if you go and learn from someone um, and learn from the mistakes that they've made, uh, you're going to you're going to become a master a lot faster, and then you're going to be able to teach uh, teach someone within your team to take it on. So it's letting go of that ego, letting go of that arrogance.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, uh, Tristan. If you can do only one thing that you that you share on this podcast what will you do uh, only one thing ah uh,
1: um get over get over your ego realize that you're not the best in the world go and um if 9 times out of 10 you're not the best in the world but go go and uh, ask others take take on knowledge from others and implement what others have done before you Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And um, let's imagine
0: you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What would you do today to learn more about helping growing business in recession?
1: Oh, okay. What would I do? Um, I would go in. My first thing would be to go and interview 10, 20, 30 different businesses and spend half a day with them understanding what's worked for them what hasn't worked for them what they've done what they would do differently I would go I would go and ask multiple different businesses in different sectors what their experience is Uh, and I would find new businesses that are two or three years old and businesses that are 20 or 30 years old so we can actually learn from, from businesses at different stages
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. And Tristan, my final question about the future. You know, uh, we have AI today. That that is uh, that was simple to ignore. Hard today, impossible tomorrow. And mm-hmm. uh, I probably everyone can use AI as a regular tool. I use I use daily uh, AI. Can you tell what kind of future will be? Uh, because we don't know it's recession or not Uh, but uh, can you forecast what kind of future will be and your tips how AI probably can help you know to adapt to this possible future
1: (laughs) Uh, I can't predict it it's like we're Today we're moving so much faster than we were five years ago and so much faster than we were 10 years ago. So and there's going to be a lot of hits, there's also going to be a lot of misses. So uh there's gonna be it's there's gonna be a, a lot more mistakes, uh, and there's gonna be a lot of um people that go all in on AI, but they don't do all of their research and their companies are gonna blow up. So if we need to use AI, uh as a, as a tool that will, will help optimise the way we do work. There's still going to, still going to need to be human input. Uh, we're still going to need... It, it actually... AI is actually teaching us to brief work in a lot better. So previously, um, people wouldn't brief in work to, to a copywriter correctly. So uh, So the copywriter was having to spend five hours writing, doing a job that should only take an hour. But now people are to to get the correct content out of AI. People are ha- actually having to understand how to write a brief a lot better. So it, it's it's educating AI is actually educating us to be to be smarter and and do work work better. Um, we're going to it, yes it will uh, change the way we work. There's going to be some jobs that are at risk, uh, but in the marketing and digital space we. If we've got if if we're half intellectual, we we're still going to need we're still going to have a job, we're still going to have a business, but we're going to be driving AI. Uh, there's there's a massive ability to like make a lot of money out of out of all these AI tools.
0: Yeah, nice, nice, love it, love it, Tristan. It's a big pleasure to get on the show to learn from you, uh, especially when you find this time in the morning you know 8 a.m because we are in different part of the world uh tristan before we uh, we finish tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to follow you
1: how to reach out to you mm-hmm. Simple, simplest way is just to type my name in into google tristan Wright or evolve to grow um you can find my website from there or you can you can find me on youtube so and i on like, across all of the different social channels as well
0: Okay guys, you can find the links uh to Tristan uh YouTube channel, to LinkedIn, uh, to the website in the description below. Listen, awesome, Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it, so valuable. I enjoy our conversations because it's valuable. Guys, you need to follow and subscribe to Tristan YouTube channel because you can see a lot of value. Okay, love you. See you.